When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Next Best Picture podcast. I'm your host, Matt Neglia. Time of recording is 11.46 p.m., a few minutes after the Golden Globes have ended this evening. And we are here to talk about the winners, uh, give our instant reactions. Of course, this is a special bonus episode, so we'll be discussing this more on the regular weekly talk show that we do here on the Next Best Picture podcast. But we want to capture some people in the moment, get their feelings on the winners. So to help me do that this evening, I have joining me, Isaiah Washington. What's happening? Daniel Howitt. Hello, hello. Cody Derricks. Hello. Giovanni Lago. Hello, everyone. And Dan Bear. It was the Fable Men's all along. I have to ask, are all the women sleeping this evening? What happened here? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, really. But in all honesty, though, no, seriously, it's late. It's 11.47 p.m. Uh, SAG nominations are <laughs> in a few hours. <laughs> so the award season is just going to continue moving on. We've got uh, DGA, PGA nominations happening over uh, the next day. It's going to be a lot of fun. But tonight for the Golden Globes. It was a return uh, back to the broadcast after being off the air last year, and Gerard Carmichael was very upfront about the controversy which kept the show off the air. Uh, There were definitely references made to that controversy throughout, and definitely a feeling of, hey, we're trying to make good all throughout the ceremony here. What did you all think having the Globes back? Because I think some people that tuned in, I watched this with my roommate and he even remarked to me, oh, it wasn't as like rowdy as I remember it being. And I think, of course, he's, you know, thinking of like the Ricky Gervais years. Uh, But I also think, too, the Globes are like maybe trying to keep things light and entertaining, but also not trying to tarnish their reputation all over again. This is very much like a rehabilitation show. So I'm curious to know, what did everyone think, first and foremost, before we get into the winners and speeches, of just the presentation of the show, Gerard Carmichael, how the show flowed, the overall presentation? Uh, I want to hear first from Cody Derricks. I thought the show overall was pretty decent. It was fairly sedate compared to other years, as you mentioned. I think Gerard Carmichael represented well the people at home who are watching this, you know, kind of maybe commenting on this organization and if this show should even be around still, making jokes that sounded like the kind of thing we would be saying at home on our couches at the TV. And I think that was a smart move to kind of transition the Globes into hopefully a more respectable future. Um, But I, I did have a good time watching it overall. Okay. Giovanni Lago, how about you? Uh, overall, fine show. Uh, nice warm up to the season. Um, 
Gerard did good. I mean, it's not really his style of comedy, or so I don't think at times it meshed, you know, perfectly. But um, he had some good jokes. The Kanye Fableman's joke was great. Um, he kept it pushing with the awards, you know, just quickly going through it, which for me, uh, preferably, that's how I like my award shows. Um, so it, it, it was fine time, fine time. Okay. We like fine time. Uh, Daniel Howitt, what did you think? Yeah, fine time. It was, it was fine. Um, yeah, Gerard Carmichael, this isn't his style. Uh, he's he's very much like a storyteller uh, sort of comedian and not a jokey joke kind of comedian. And he's a better comedian for that. Um, but as far as a host goes, this just was never his vibe. This was never his thing. And so um, there were there was some awkwardness. There was some probably nervousness as well. I think we were picking up on. Um, but overall, I think he I think he did a fine job. Um, I think he he definitely called out the HFPA in a in a proper way and in an appropriate way. Um, he definitely pushed the envelope uh, and had some really good moments. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not going to be forgetting the the Shelly Miscavige joke uh, for a little while. So, so yeah, you know, it was <laughs> it was it was uh, good overall. Though, you know, uh, this just wasn't wasn't his thing. Sure. No, I, I get that. And I kind of reflect on and think back and I say to myself, he is talented. He's good at what he does. But I could tell I think we all could tell that there were moments where whether it was nervousness or he just wasn't feeling the energy in the room, because it is really tough to get up in front of all those people who are, you know, getting up during commercial break, clanging silverware and glasses and things like that and constantly talking to have to engage the room like that. And I'm not saying that he was rattled or he was unprofessional or anything like that. There just seemed to be something off. Well, he's a quiet comedian, you know, um, mm -hmm. and not a quick one either. And I think you have to be in these scenarios. I think sometimes the best hosts are loud and quick. And he is the opposite of both of those things. And that, again, that's that's not an insult to, to what he does because he's a phenomenal comedian. But in this context, he, he's not quite what you need to really, really crush the show. OK. Uh, let's hear next from Dan Bear. Yeah, pretty much everything that's been said. Um, I love Gerard Carmichael. His ch choices host always kind of I, I didn't know really what to do with it because he doesn't seem like the kind of person that fits into that world. But the the opening monologue kind of killed any momentum that he might have had. I think it just didn't really work. It didn't land the way he wanted it to. But he had some good moments um, later in the show. But it never really quite came all the way back around to being a net positive for him, I think, unfortunately. I did love the speeches, though. And, I mean, some of the presenters were really, really good, too. I love that we're back in awards season and I'm living for all the drama and the fashion and the mess. And <laughs> thank God for Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> yeah, that was something I also thought to myself while I was watching this, too. As much as I enjoyed our live reactions episode last year to the Golden Globes, one of the best shows I think we've ever done. I just very much missed the show because it is the only award show where, you know, alcohol is freely served and the uh, nominees and the presenters get a little trashed and unexpected things can and sometimes do happen. Everybody also just seems to always have a good time at the Globes. It's not as stuffy of an event. Um, now, granted, 
that's not to absolve the Golden Globes of any of their past misdeeds. Uh, we're not necessarily doing that here. And anybody that wants to boycott them and never actually, you know, watch the show, uh, that's totally fine. That's everyone's right to do something like that. Obviously, we're in the awards game and we got to do what we got to do for the sake of covering uh, this race here. And the speeches that are shown on a live televised broadcast do have an impact. So we can never rule out the fact that that platform does shape the race. So don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days being a grown up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. We have one more person here from here, and that's Isaiah Washington. Before we get into some of those speeches, Isaiah, what did you think of the show? I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good, not great show, but a really good show. Great return to the Hollywood Foreign Press in terms of their presentation. And I kind of echo a little bit on the host. Uh, I think that monologue was just a little bit shaky for me but i think he progressively got better i think there were some really good moments that he had especially with the tom cruise joke that i enjoyed and that's kind of what i do appreciate the experimentation of it all because he is no ricky gervais he isn't like some of the past hosts that we've seen in the past but at least i appreciate that because i do feel like the globes are trying new things they're trying to be better. I especially see that within the winners. I love the winners tonight. And yes, they were predictable, but at the end of the day, the presentation, the wins, the speeches, it's just good to be back. And it was just an overall good show. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a good show from a presentation standpoint. Um, I thought the speeches definitely made the show, but In terms of, you know, just the way the show kind of flowed, I mean, it did go over. And also, I, like I said, did not think Gerard Carmichael was the most engaging host for this event. Um, You know, when you start off your show with sitting on the stage and almost engaging in like a therapy session with your audience, it it just, I don't know, something about that right from the very get-go, I was like, this is not the kind of tone I feel like we should be setting right now for the rest of the evening. And it never picked up from there for me um, in terms of that aspect. Like I said, the speeches and the winners, different feelings throughout. Uh, So why don't we get into that here? Um, For the sake of time, and I do apologize, uh, we're only going to be covering the uh, film award winners um, on this instant live reaction. It's almost nearing midnight over here on the East Coast, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of time to talk about these winners from the TV side when we uh, bring next best series back in the spring and we'll talk about the impact that they might have on the Emmys later on. So I apologize in advance for that, but let's get started here. 
Best Supporting Actor, Motion Picture, Kehi Kwan, Everything Everywhere All at Once, starts off his speech thanking Steven Spielberg, and I wanted to cry immediately. <laughs> yeah, it was a perfect way to start the show. Again, you know, take out the little Oscar uh, stamp, uh, passport, stamped it in. It's it's done. Right? Like, he's going all the way. All the way. Like, it's just, with that speech, like, everyone's just moved. I don't <clears throat> I don't know how. You just yeah, that was definitely one of those speeches that helps uh, someone win an Oscar. Absolutely. Yeah, he, there's really nothing standing in his way. You know, um, just winning winning a Globe does not mean you're winning the Oscar, as we will get to in many of these categories. But, like, there's just really nothing standing in his way. And this speech was everything he needed to do, you know, connect, pull on the heartstrings, connect to Hollywood history, connect to his time in the industry and to Spielberg. It did everything it needed to do. Um, and, yeah, he's he's going all the way. Right. Him pointing at Spielberg pretty quickly into the speech was just really moving. It was really sweet. And, you know, every season there's like one performance that just wins the Oscar, thanks in part to their speeches at award shows. I'm thinking of Ariana DeBose last year and Brad Pitt and What's Not Them in Hollywood. All great performances, but with every speech they gave at the precursors, you could see them getting closer and closer to the Oscar. I think this is just exactly that type of performance. So I want to just say this in terms of nothing standing in his way, in my opinion, right now. Uh, with tonight's win, no, I'm sorry, he already is, even before tonight's win, he's already got more supporting actor wins than Cody Smith-McPhee did this time last year. That's wild. Wow. Yeah, I think he just has such a lead, and I can't imagine anyone catching up at this point. Um, I think the infectious energy, the feel-good story, the fact that he's in a beloved movie that is a top three contender for Best Picture... Um, I think it's all just kind of coalescing around and it's going to just keep continuing and I'm going to love the shit out of every moment of it. I, I just think it's so funny that we're comparing him to a, a best supporting actor, a best supporting actor loser, though. <laughs> no, 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 I understand that. But that's what I mean when I say that he's already got more prizes than him. So I think it's just I think it's going to just keep continuing. Like uh, I'm looking at what Cody Smith McPhee won in total last year and Kihi Kwan's already got more and the season's not even over yet. So, yeah, I, I think this is signed, sealed and delivered. I don't like using the term lock, but I, you can feel it. You can feel it coming. I can totally just see it being the place that people reward the film, if nothing yeah. else. You know, I think if, yeah. if nothing else, everything ever all wants getting at least one Academy Award. And it's like a Patricia Arquette and Boyhood sort of scenario. Sure, exactly. Hold your tongue. Hold your tongue. It's getting more. I, I hope so. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit here. I, I'm saying at least if anything else. <laughs> yeah. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our immediate reactions to the 2023 Golden Globe Award winners on the film side here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full-length podcast, you will have to head on over to Next Best Picture's Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you'll get the rest of this episode and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.
Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.